Lord, hallowed be thy name. May our feet be swift. May our bats be mighty. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Now I lay me down to sleep. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the many blessings on this family. We thank you for bringing us a new friend. And we ask that you look after us on this holiday season, that we may never forget how very fortunate we are. Please, Lord. I just want to see my daughters again. If you get me through this, I'll answer my prayers. I swear I'll dedicate my whole life to you. I'll do whatever you want. Well, I don't know if you've prayed those kinds of prayers before. Um, I've prayed a few of them. Uh, the best movies resonate with real life and our experience, and so prayers show up in the movies because most Americans pray. Uh, here are some statistics on the prayer habits of Americans. Uh, 2014 Pew Research Center survey showed 55% of Americans pray every day, and 21% of Americans pray weekly or monthly. That roll-in video was a compilation of typical prayers in a variety of circumstances. I, I pray this, I pray those prayers, some of those prayers. I've never prayed the one, I've never been in a desperate situation where I was floating on the ocean and, you know, which is honestly one of my worst nightmares, uh, floating out there in the middle of the ocean asking God to save me. And if he does, I'll give my life to, to him, to serve him. Uh, but I, I pray the same prayers for protection and help for sure. Um, often in graduate school when I was studying in seminary for the ministry, I would pray a prayer. I'd be, you know, taking an exam and I'd be praying a prayer, something like, you know, God, you wrote this book. <laughs> if, if you could bring to mind right now the answer to this question, that would be fantastic. I would love that. Hey, nothing wrong with those kinds of prayers. After I pray these prayers and God comes through, I, I often think, why, why did I take so long to get to that point where I prayed and asked God. These are good prayers, but they're generic and predictable and safe. We're starting a five-week message series today called Dangerous Prayers. Now, we're going to look at prayers people prayed or uh, examples of prayers that people prayed, commands to pray in different ways in Scripture that are a danger to our status quo. That's why they're dangerous. If you begin to pray these kinds of prayers consistently, life will not be the same. They're important things to pray in order to connect with God and include Him in our everyday lives. 
Could you imagine God on the other end of some of our more generic prayers for safety or things like that? And I, he, he, he wants us to pray those prayers. But he might be thinking, hey, I'm glad to help. Really good to hear from you. Um, but it would be great if you'd ask me to do something I could lean into <laughs> where I could really show my power on your behalf where you could really begin to experience how much I love you and appreciate you or, and, and I'm grateful uh, for your life and I've given it to you to bless you. What would you pray if you truly believe God has the power to answer prayer? What is it that you would pray? God invites us to pray boldly and specifically and when we do, prayer ignites the power of God in, in my life. When, when I pray this way, the power of God ignites. He works through it. God invites us to boldly approach him in prayer. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Prayer is pictured here as walking into the throne room of a king and bringing bold requests to him. This, and if, if you've decided to follow Jesus Christ, you've turned around from going your own way and given your life to follow Christ, he invites you to pray that kind of prayer. You have access to the king, to the God of the universe, the one who created it all. We can step in. And ask him for things. He's the one that has the ability to respond and bring the help we need just in time. In another place, we're commanded to pray about everything instead of freezing up in anxiety, which is, which is easy for me to do. Get all wound up on inside. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, these prayers focus on our need more. They're normal. They're good. However, this particular five-week message series is going to focus on prayers that ignite the fuse of God's power at work in us and through us. Part one, today, we're going to look at the prayer, Search Me. When we face adversity and pushback as we handle life, we need outside perspective. God will give it if we ask for it. It's a little scary to ask for it because we might be part of the problem. But we need, we need help. We need somebody who can see from the outside in, who knows us well, who can speak into the situation. And that's what that prayer is all about. Part two is break me. Now, that may seem... Uh, Hard to understand why we would pray that, pray that prayer. But this is basically a prayer of surrender to God. Asking Him to break us. We want Him to break our will, to bend, to, 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 to help us to be broken before Him. And so that we can pour out our life as an offering and be used by Him in the life of other people. I, I get to a breaking point often in, in my life. And I'm like, oh, the pressure. God, will you, will you, will you break me? Use me? 
It's at that point I'm ready to surrender to God and be used by him. Part three is strengthen me. Uh, often our prayers can be too small, too general, but asking God to strengthen me to do something means I've, I've decided to do his will. That's why it's a dangerous prayer, because you get to the point where you're struggling with doing life God's way, and you're not quite sure you're ready to do it. And <clears throat> when you when you ask God to strengthen you, you've committed to do it. And that's that's one reason why it's dangerous, <clears throat> because he will strengthen. Part four, use me. Now, God doesn't play favorites. We tend to, but God does not. And he wants us to love even our enemies. So this is a prayer where we make ourselves available to God to use us however he sees fit in the life of anyone that he puts us around. Part five, unite us. This is a dangerous prayer because it likely lead me to have to reconcile if, if I've messed up and straighten out any relational mess I've made. So that's a preview of where we're headed in this series. Um, this morning, I want to talk about the scary prayer. God, search me. Search my heart. Search my thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. This is a prayer we're going to look at this morning. Now, none of us like to be searched. Well, I don't. Uh, it's not a pleasant experience. That's one reason this isn't a safe prayer. Um, think about the process of uh, going through security at the airport. Uh, if you're like me, you may have not, a, you, you forgot about that process sometimes, and you get there, you forget to factor it into your, your schedule in the morning or whenever you're taking off, and you show up, and the line is incredibly long. Now, I've been to LAX, and I've, I've seen the line at the terminal I'm going into out the door and down the street. And it's at that point where you get, oh, no. <laughs> I've also been in the airport when they were calling for the Lanthrop family of four to come to the gate. And so, you know, that, that was our bad. That was our fault. That was my bad. <laughs> I'm responsible to get us there. Now, th- this happens. I... I, it's easy to get concerned about making our flight or getting some food before the flight or whatever it is. Um, however, it's extremely short-sighted to be frustrated with that hassle. Because in our world, we need to know what's hidden in the bags of the people getting on the planes. We need to know what's on their person. So... Very short-sighted to be frustrated with that. It, in life, we find ourselves disoriented at times and frustrated by the trouble that inevitably comes uh, in relationships, in our workload, with our finances, different ways. I, I felt attacked by conflict, tension, pressure. I, you know, it's like, ah, it's in these moments that we need help sifting through what's going on inside of us 
and around us. We need help. We, we, we really can't trust ourselves to think everything through with accuracy. We need to muster the courage to pray, God, search me. Will you, will you look into my heart and tell me what's going on? God has both the x-ray to see through into my heart. He also has an aerial view of the big picture so he can help us choose the best next step to accomplish his purpose in life. Why wouldn't I want his perspective when I'm, when I feel buried and overwhelmed and in conflict and trying to figure things out? Why wouldn't I want it? God helps me see what I need to see when I have the courage to pray. Search me. Psalm 139 is a, a beautiful prayer. And not only beautiful, but very instructive. There's a tremendous amount we can learn from this prayer. In Scripture, David, king of Israel, is the prayer in this prayer. And he ends the prayer by asking God to reveal anything in his thoughts, words, or actions that's a roadblock to the right kind of progress in all arenas of life. Here's, here's what he prays. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me or test me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's a scary prayer. But if we'll pray it consistently, God will answer it and he will give the guidance we really need in life. The way everlasting is the way of righteousness. This is the picture here. To be righteous means that we think thoughts, we use words, we choose to act in ways that are right before God. That's what it means to be righteous. You're right before God. So this is really how we grow our family relationships, our friendships, our working relationships. We think, say, and do what pleases God. That's how they're going to flourish. That's how they're going to grow. So he's, he's asking God, show me, Lord. Look, look into my heart. Test my thoughts. See if there is any offensive or grievous way in me. And then lead me in your righteousness. Lead me in the way everlasting. Now, that's scary prayer, but it's an important prayer, something we need to pray on a regular basis. To pray a prayer like this, it really helps to know and trust God and how we can expect him to respond to that prayer. This is why I want to back up and walk through the first 22 verses of Psalm 139. So let's, let's back up and walk through there. David was the king of Israel who wrote this psalm, as I said. And he shows us how to start all of our prayers, really. We tend to start by focusing on our needs. Help me, bless me, bail me out. One of my favorites is, Lord, you know where my keys are. If you could just show me, that would be fantastic. 
I mean, you know, hey, I, I, and I, when he shows me, I'm, I'm, it's amazing how quickly sometimes he answers that prayer, and I'm like, why didn't I start there? I didn't, but that's, God uses life, the pressure and the experiences to bring us to the point where we trust him. That's why, that's why he allows it. So, David shows us really where to start in prayer. He starts with beautiful, heartfelt praise to God. Praise that brings confidence to pray the prayer, search me. David knew God. He trusted God. He was walking with God. And so he he could pray that prayer. And it's interesting, he spends a lot more time praising than asking. We tend to thank God for what we get from him, but David praised him for who he is. This is what he does. Here's what he said. The very beginning of the psalm. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know me when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and, and, uh, you search out my path and my lying down are, and you're acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, Lord, you know it all together. That's a little scary. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Now, this is not written as stale, remote truth to David. God is the one who sees and knows all my thoughts and ways. He knows our words before they're on our tongue, before we're speaking them. God sees through us into our hearts and minds. He knows everything about each one of us. And he is the only one who does. And he, therefore, is worthy of all praise. That's what David is saying here. This can be a wonderful thought. David says it is. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's wonderful, but then you realize, uh uh-oh. God sees everything about me. He knows what I'm about to say. He's got an x-ray into my heart. He He knows my thoughts as I think them. That's a little scary. So in... The following verses to these, which I'm not going to read, David talks about the scary side of God knowing everything about us. There is nowhere to hide. So he spends a little time there, a couple verses, and then he comes back to this. This is what he says in verse 13 and 14. God's care is evident in the way that we're made and calms our fears. This is very appropriate uh, for a Mother's Day message when we dedicated the children, when the parents dedicated their children this morning. 13 and 14, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. A gift that's been knit together is a very, very personal gift. God has taken great and personal care to knit each of us together. 
in our mother's womb. Tremendous amount of love expressed in this statement. Psalm 139.15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. The term intricately woven suggests the complex patterns of a weaver. God's taken great care to make you the way you are. This shows our value to God. He, he loves you and I deeply. He has knit us together. What we tend to see in our lives is the backside of the tapestry. Here's, here's an example of what the backside of a tapestry looks like. Um, do we have a picture? Yeah, there it is. Uh, you can't see any pattern. It, it really doesn't. It just looks like a bunch of yarn. Um, this is what we see. We're in the middle of conflict. We're in the, you know, we're frustrated with trying to make progress and it's not happening. And we see this side, but what God sees is the front side. This is what it looks like. He, he creates and he sees the pattern. As we come to him to know him, we realize he sees everything going on in our lives. And we can trust him to do good to us. This is what David's saying in his prayer. He can be trusted. If you know him, you are glad that he sees everything going on in your life because he's working it out for your good in spite of your failings. Now, this is Mother's Day, and most mothers I know, they they really aim to bless their kids. They're very conscientious in the way that they're raising their kids. They're making their They're investing, they're pouring themselves into their kids. But moms can also be very, very hard on themselves. (laughs) That's my experience. Just beat yourself, oh, why'd I do that? Why'd I say that? Oh, I need to change my attitude. Oh, you know, it's, 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 it's a difficult job being a mom. Family life is messy. Let's face it, it looks like the backside of the tapestry. I mean, you're not looking at the front side all the time. We have a picture in our minds of what we want family life to look like. But that's not generally reality. There are a few beautiful moments. There are some. But what we picture when we have kids is they're going to rise up and call me blessed every morning. That doesn't happen. That just, that just doesn't, that just does You're looking at the backside of the tapestry all the time, moms. If you turn to God, learn his ways, just take the next step in following him, you, you can trust him to be weaving the pattern together. And may your children choose to follow him. If you're faithful to do his part, God will be doing his. Now, he will not override the, the will of your kids, of course, but he will give them an opportunity to know him. So, moms, don't be hard on yourself. Just enjoy the day. You know, our enemy, Satan, he wants to steal the joy. 
but, but don't let that happen. So God has intricately woven us together. And verse 16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. This is a powerful reminder of how precious people are to God. Even in the womb before they're born. God has a plan for all of us. He's made us to live a specific number of days. God places a high value on every person on the face of the earth. His love and care at this point overwhelms David, and this is what he says next. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. David says, precious to me are your thoughts. That word precious in the Hebrew that it was originally written in, it has a root that means rare, weighty, or noble. Those are the ideas. God's thoughts are weighty like gold. As we're trying to gain perspective in life, maybe for handling marriage, for the next thing to do to help our kids in parenting, in ministry, in friendships, or at work for reaching goals. As, as we're trying to get perspective on what's going on, we have a hard time because we're in this, we're in the scenario. We're in this situation. We're buried by the circumstances at times. And it's at that point we should seek God's thoughts. God's thoughts are more valuable than anyone's opinion. That's what David's saying here. And we should give more weight to his thoughts than our own, to that of any other human being. They're weighty. God's thoughts should tip the scale as we're sorting out how to respond to the flow of life. We can get distorted, disoriented, and our view can be distorted in the various arenas of life when we face adversity. We, we need God's perspective. We really do to sort it out and gain an accurate picture of what's going on. So this is when, after all of that that I've just walked through, this is when David prays the prayer that we're looking at this morning, this dangerous prayer. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. We we need to know if we're the source of the trouble in our lives. That's very difficult. It's difficult to get to the place where we're willing to admit that. It's a scary question to ask God. But we must not be too proud to humble ourselves and try to find out if we're the ones who are off base in any given situation. It's scary, but I need to consider that I may be the problem here. My experience with God is that when I get to that point 
where I ask him to search me and show me what's going on in my own life, he is incredibly faithful to show me. And he graciously shows me when I am wrong and need to change an attitude or take, you know, make it right for words I've spoken or actions I've chosen. This goes for disagreements in marriage, for mess-ups in parenting. Uh, he, he's shown me when a sin of mine is holding up progress toward a goal. He's faithful to do it. I've got to pray the prayer, though. He waits for me to ask. He waits for me to surrender to him and ask him to show me. The Lord will bring to mind my part of the problem if I'm asking, if I'm willing to risk and ask and pray the dangerous prayer, search me. He will show me. I've seen him answer this prayer over and over again for my good. And for my advantage, this prayer unlocks the power of God to speak into our lives. That's why it's so important to pray. You may be here today and you're struggling in an area. Maybe your marriage, a friendship, dating relationship, or parenting, or at work. Uh, It's knocked you off balance. You're in it, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. Do you have the courage to ask God to show you your part of the problem? That's the question. You will unlock God's power to speak into your life if you pray this prayer. In a moment, we're going to receive our offering. And I'd like to ask you, if you would, to finish filling out the front of the connection card, if you haven't yet. On the back of that card are some next steps. I have one next step I'm suggesting today. God may have said something else to you, and there's a next step that he laid on your heart to take. But my suggestion is this week, remember to pray, search me. Simple. Just remember to ask God to show you your part of the problem and trust him to do it. Trust him to be faithful to show you the way everlasting. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your truth. Thank you for examples of prayers like this we walked through this morning. And mostly, God, for being who you are. You are the God who knows everything. You know everything about us. You know everything in us. You even know the words we're going to use before we speak them, and we praise you for that. And Father, I ask that you'd help each of us to get to the point where we're we're willing to ask you to show us our part of any problem, any struggle that we're going through. Give us the power to take the next step, Father, to do your will. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.